Welcome to another edition of PNCC Speak, the language of executives. I'm Carol Daniel. Well, I used to be a news anchor here at KMOX until I retired a month or so ago. Alongside my friend, regional president of PNC, Michael Scully, the brains behind this informative and impactful podcast. Michael, I haven't seen you since I retired. How are you? Well, we miss you already, but uh, you're still in our every thought, Carol. So thank you for inviting us in today. Absolutely. It's good to be back here at KMOX in studio. Our next guest is the Barbara B. Taylor, director of the St. Louis Art Museum, a position she took over two years ago this summer. We say welcome to you, Min Jung Kim. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have you in studio. I am thrilled to talk about all your travels around the world, why you chose St. Louis. We'll get to all of that, including you being the first woman to hold the director's position. So we'll get to all that in just a second, shall we? Thank you. I look forward to it. But first, let's talk about what being just the 11th director in the 144-year history of the Art Museum means to you. Well, I have to say that in and of itself is a tremendous honor, um, particularly given the fact that the St. Louis Art Museum is such a highly regarded, with such a distinguished history, to just even be a part of this museum in whatever capacity is really, truly an honor and a pleasure. But indeed, to be its 11th director is really something that I could never have imagined, but I feel so privileged to be here. And learning that I'm not only the 11th director, but also the first female director, just gives me such great excitement, enthusiasm, hope, and really optimism for the future. So then tell us about that journey. How did you come to, to St. Louis and what led you to the St. Louis Art Museum? Well, I have to say, I must admit, I had never been to St. Louis before I came here and began interviewing for the position. But part of my excuse may be the fact that I was not raised here in this country. I was born and raised in Seoul, South Korea. I came initially to the United States to study art history. It's really through the American liberal arts education that I even discovered such a topic such as art history to exist. And that led to essentially a 30-plus year path of museum careers, the latest of which was for an American art museum in Connecticut which was much smaller, but I have to say, when I was there, I was really building quite a bit of momentum. I wasn't necessarily looking for a career change, but when the St. Louis Art Museum comes calling on your door, no is really not an option to consider. The museum is really so extraordinary. The collection is world-class, and yet what I thought I knew about St. Louis and the St. Louis Art Museum is far less than what I've come to now realize, which has exceeded my expectations. So they came calling to come and get you. They did. Did you get a phone call? Did you get an email? Describe that that process, that experience. Well, it was through an executive search process where I was first asked to consider the position. And again, it was really more of a conversation. I think in understanding a little bit more about the museum, and in particular, first and foremost, being a museum director, the collection was so important and understanding really the strength and the depth of this world-class global collection was one of the primary driving forces in what piqued my interest. And of course, understanding a little bit more about the history and the context. But I will say there were two other things that I found really compelling about the St. Louis Art Museum. One was... Well, first of all, I am taking over my predecessor, Brent Benjamin, who had been in the position for 22 years, 
That already says a lot about a museum, where a director has been there for 22 years and what he had accomplished during his tenure. We see it now. It's really extraordinary. But when he retired um, and when he announced his retirement, what the museum and the Board of Commissioners did is they conducted a listening project. And through that listening project, they interviewed something like 260 individuals, both from staff, board, members of the community, in order to identify what are some of the key criteria the community would want to see in the new leader of the St. Louis Art Museum. That aggregate data was put together to inform the job description, the search, and I was so impressed by that in understanding how important listening to the community, the St. Louis Art Museum really prioritized. For me, I think that was one of the key compelling factors. The other, again, in addition to the collection and the museum history and the building and everything included, was also an understanding the importance with which the St. Louis Art Museum conducted a diversity study report uh, in 2020. Uh, Many institutions were putting out diversity statements for this museum. From it, 140 action points uh, were put together. And to this day, we continue to work towards that, and we track it on our website, and we see what progress we continue to make in prioritizing diversity inclusion, equity, accessibility, et cetera. So those are a couple of things that really contributed. But I must say, even that, once I came to St. Louis, I realized was just scratching the surface. Because I think what is really key to the St. Louis Art Museum, in addition to the art and the place in which we are, it's really about the people. And that's been a wonderful discovery as I get to know more of the community here. Boy, man, when I hear that, I'm just filled with uh, pride, thinking of your background, uh, being from Seoul, traveling to or working in Russia, London, Connecticut, and now here you are in St. Louis, Missouri. We've talked about the community. You've been here a couple of years. Any any takeaways, any big surprises? Well, this September will actually be two years, and I have to say I have really enjoyed getting to know the community, not only as the Barbara V. Taylor Director of the St. Louis Art Museum, but also personally, as I moved here with my family to become a St. Louis resident, to understanding the community in which our family would be living in and enjoying and become a member of this community. And in doing so, understanding that the St. Louis Art Museum, first of all, is located in the beautiful Forest Park. And having been a former New Yorker, I was so impressed by the fact that Forest Park is 50% larger than Central Park. And I would even dare say it's far more beloved and well-used and well-loved. Every day you go out and you see how, how many people are really enjoying the wonderful resources that bring everybody together in Forest Park in St. Louis. And the fact that you have the art museum as well as our neighbors, the zoo, the Science Center, the History Museum, all a part of the Zoo Museological District is really quite extraordinary. But outside of the park, getting to know many of my other cultural friends and colleagues, whether it be the Pulitzer Foundation, the Contemporary Art Museum, the Laumeier Sculpture Park, the Kemper Museum at Washington University, and of course we have an extraordinary opera theater, symphony orchestra, the rep, the black rep. I mean, the list goes on. And I, I would have to say if there's something that 
I am discovering and finding so impressive is not so much the one, but the whole, that collectively this really paints an incredible cultural landscape that I must say I didn't really realize until I'm here, but now I feel like I want to become not only for the St. Louis Art Museum, but all of what St. Louis offers, a champion and an advocate so that many more people understand how extraordinary this place is. We're going to take a break here, but I have to ask you, uh, St. Louisans are known for being self-deprecating and even, <laughs> uh, even worse. People might have said, why on earth? Someone who was at the Guggenheim, why on earth would you want to come to St. Louis? Did you get any of that at all? And when you came here, did you find that spirit at all among St. Louisans? Perhaps just a little Just bit. a little. But to that question, why not? Uh, why? I would certainly say why not. And for anyone that I may have known at the Guggenheim, whether it's in places in Russia and Japan and Brazil and New York, I would say, why don't you come to St. Louis? Join me here because what's here you are you are all missing out on. She's the director of the St. Louis Art Museum. She is Min Jung Kim with us on PNCC Speak the Language of Executives. We'll take a quick break here and come back and talk more about what she has learned about St. Louis and the pieces that excite her most at the St. Louis Art Museum. That's next on PNCC Speak the Language of Executives. Welcome back to PNCC Speak, the language of executives. Our guest is the Barbara B. Taylor director of the St. Louis Art Museum, Min Jung Kim. Min, let's shift gears for a second and talk about the collection at the Art Museum. Uh, Curious, what pieces are you particularly excited about and any developments that you'd like to share? Oh, thank you for that question. Actually, before I start talking about any particular works that I'm interested in and excited about, maybe I can give a little bit of a more general context, because I think the ex- the museum's collection is so not only extraordinary in and of its own right, but really is a reflection of how extraordinary St. Louis is. The St. Louis Art Museum has truly a world-class collection. Some would say it's encyclopedic. Some would say it's a global collection because it indeed really spans, you know, across time, across geographies, across cultures, across media, um, and across multiple disciplines. And in that depth and in that breadth, really, um, the St. Louis Art Museum collection is is truly a prestigious collection. And in many ways, um, the collection is indeed a reflection of St. Louis because so much of our collection is um, a a result of extraordinary gifts that have come to St. Louis, Um, many of which is uh, indicating the strengths of SLAM's collection. Uh, We are perhaps um, in the art world best known for our German modern art collection, of which we have a particular strength, strength in German expressionism, and of which we have the largest holdings of Max Beckmann works in the world. And this sets us apart uh, from many other collections. But we also have extraordinary works that have come in, again, uh, the German Expressionists and Modern Art Collections, as well as the art of Africa, Oceania, and Americas, came through a wonderful collector who, of course, St. Louis knows very well, Morton D. May. Uh, And that collection uh, today comprises about 12% of the entire St. Louis Art Museum collection, which is really quite extraordinary. So, too, have been many St. Louis well-known family names that are represented in our collection, Ballard, 
Bixby uh, Pulitzer, for instance, including a most recent gift that Mrs. Emily Rao Pulitzer promised to the museum upon my arrival. 22 of perhaps the most iconic artist names that you look in any art history book and you will know from Picasso to Leger to Brancusi to Warhol to Kelly. I mean, these are truly a collection, a world-class collection in and of itself. But I think in many ways, the evolution of the collection that the St. Louis Art Museum is really proud to have is also a function of the fact that we are one of the unique institutions in the United States that receives such incredible public support through tax revenue. So what it allows us to do is in many ways to really focus on the continued development of our collection for a museum, which, by the way, for over a century has been free. So whether it be the Beckmans, the Monets, the Picassos, all of these extraordinary masterpieces that we have in our collection, that means that for over a century, this museum has been making access to those incredible world treasures free and accessible to all of St. Louisans and to our general public at large. And that is really quite extraordinary and very, very rare for any museum. And the fact that that kind of public commitment towards arts and culture has been really embedded in the DNA of our museum. And as a result, the community is really quite extraordinary. So that's a little bit of a general context. But since you ask a little bit about um, some of my favorite works, you know, that's the kind of question that I always feel like, you know, a mother being asked, who's your favorite child? <laughs> right. It's really hard to answer. So maybe one way I can um, answer that is, is to highlight a couple of uh, works that come to mind that I've come to really get to know more about and is also prominently featured in our museum. I would be remiss in not mentioning our Monet water lilies, which is really an extraordinary work. And some may or may not know, but our Monet water lilies is actually uh, one part of a three-panel triptych. And we own our center panel alongside our colleagues, our other Midwestern institution colleagues. One other panel is owned by the Nelson Atkins Museum in Kansas City. And another panel is owned by the Cleveland Museum of Art. How extraordinary that this water lilies triptych, Agapenthus triptych by Monet, which was created during the last decade of his life, and is perhaps arguably one of, if not in my mind, the greatest water lilies triptych of Monet's that exists, is owned by three Midwestern institutions. And that acquisition that took place from the 1950s to the 1960s essentially really solidified Monet's late career, thereby um, also uh, cementing his position in art history, which I find really extraordinary. Your Monet story speaks of the collaboration that really has to exist among museums around the country. Talk about the collaborative efforts uh, here locally between the St. Louis Art Museum and other institutions. Oh, well, thank you so much for asking that question. This this goes hand in hand with my own discovery and rising interest and admiration for my peers and colleagues here in St. Louis. As I mentioned, just even naming a few of them that I have from the Pulitzer Foundation to CAM to uh, the Opera Theater, the Symphony Orchestra, all of whom we are continuing to explore not only um, potential collaborations and partnerships, partnerships. But I think first and foremost, 
you know, before we can even get to that, it's getting to know one another and getting to know each other and recognizing that we all bring incredible strengths. And that's really where we can come together. So a couple of um, collaborations, one of which that I might mention is actually with the Griot Museum of Black History. Um, The Griot Museum of Black History is an incredible institution in North St. Louis that really is the only museum that uh, addresses black history here in St. Louis. They recently participated, as did SLAM and many other cultural institutions, as part of Counterpublic 2023. And for Counterpublic, uh, the Griot Museum um, will be, actually currently is still working on installing a major public sculpture by David Ajay, who is a Ghanaian-born, now um, British-based architect who has um, designed many incredible buildings, including the Smithsonian Museum of African Art. Um, And his first public sculpture in the United States Asase II is being installed uh, with at the Griot Museum of Black History as part of Counterpublic. Um, we, together with the Griot Museum and Counterpublic, the St. Louis Art Museum, um, became a part of a Mellon Foundation grant that now enables the Griot Museum of Black History to have hired their first collections fellow that we are now working with and our conservation department in particular in helping to train this uh, fellow for the long-term care and preservation of this work. And so we're excited to partner with many of our peers, not only on programming opportunities, but also in ways in which we might be able to contribute our own knowledge and experience and expertise in meaningful ways to help with capacity building in other fellow institutions for the extraordinary work that they are doing as well. So, man, I had a question. Any At any given time, just a small portion of your collection is, is visible uh, to patrons coming into the museum. How do you balance the need to share a collection with people that would be interested um, with your simple limits on space and capacity? Well, I think some of the best things that we can do is to show our collection as much as possible, if not at the museum. And this is oftentimes why we will have works from our permanent collection either be a part of our rotating ticketed exhibitions. They will sometimes be in our permanent collection galleries, which will also rotate. And very often, we lend much of our permanent collection to other institutions. Locally, for instance, you'll be able to see a number of our works on loan at the Pulitzer Foundation for a phenomenal exhibition that they currently have on view. Um, And we also lend around the country as well as around the world. That Monet Water Lilies um, panel that I'd mentioned, it's now currently back home here at the St. Louis Art Museum. But uh, last year, it was in Paris at the Fondation Louis Vuitton Foundation um, for a major Monet Mitchell exhibition. And what was really thrilling about that was that uh, our center panel was joined by the Kansas, uh, the Nelson Atkins Museum and the Cleveland Art Museum panel for the triptych to be reunited for this exhibition. And it was the first time uh, that it had been reunited and presented in France. So it, it caused quite a stir, and what a wonderful moment to not only be able to celebrate the extraordinary works in our collection, but the extraordinary roles that the St. Louis Art Museum has played in an artist's career. 
So it's really part of Carol's question about your collaboration. You do it uh, often with uh, uh, institutions here and abroad. Absolutely. I think that's very exciting. I think collaborations and partnerships are perhaps one of the most exciting things that we have been doing, but certainly will continue to do in a much more increased, focused, intentional way. Museums also equal fun. And certainly in St. Louis, the Art Hill film series, the sledding that takes place (laughs) every winter on Art Hill. We're going to talk more with Min Jung Kim coming up. It is PNC Speak, the language of executives.